Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. This week we've got a motion designer, a 3D animator, a talented all-round freelancer. We've got Jason Cooley. Thanks so much, Jason, for being on the show. That's all right. Thank you very much, Blair. Where are you calling from today? Whereabouts in the world are you based? Just in North Melbourne at the moment. I've met you quite a few times over the years. Every year, Node is in Melbourne, and um, that's where we first met a few years ago now. Yeah, I won't leave you alone, will I? Uh, yeah, it's always <laughs> great to see you. It's always good to have a catch-up, and uh, especially at the after-party, uh, have a beer and seeing how uh, the past year's been and yeah, where everyone's at it again. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of the big benefits of Node, I guess. It's just hanging out, having a beer, chatting to people. So do you mind explaining to everybody your current role? as a freelancer and uh, the type of work that you're doing? I've been freelancing for about the last four years now and I'm kind of exclusively doing Cinema 4D, like 3D based work. I do a range of stuff from coming on board to do, say like start helping out with storyboards, start concepting projects, or I'll sometimes just get called in to come and help out with some X-Particles things or do the actual animation and rendering. It's a bit of a combination between like projects that come down through an agency and then through a production house or like working direct with an agency sometimes. You're solely in Cinema 4D, but you use other tools as well, um, like yeah. X-Particles, but also Substance. What other tools do yes. you use in your tool belt? Aside from, obviously, I use After Effects, because that's my background was in After Effects motion design uh, before I jumped over to 3D. So I still use that quite a bit because it's just faster. Yeah. Um Start using Fusion for compositing for more complicated tasks or just getting that sweet EXR playback. Um, yeah, a bit of Substance Designer here and there, a little bit of Substance Painter, but they're still quite new kind of toys, really. Uh, branching out into the dreaded Houdini as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, just like this is possibly my fourth attempt to get into Houdini, and it seems to be sticking a bit better this time, but just like... Awesome. Oh, I've st- struck upon is trying to just use it for 30 minutes a day because it is yeah. such a different kind of set of verbs, I guess, than using cinema. Yeah, it's a different um, mindset, isn't it? In yeah, and I've kind of like set myself the challenge of using only using Fusion uh, on personal projects as well, so I can't use After Effects, which does mean I spend a lot of time Googling how to make a color ramp in Fusion. <laughs> uh, it's quite frustrating going back to some complete basics because you don't know yeah. what the right word is in the software. Yes. That, so you have to kind of set the challenges in your own time, I guess. It's a really good way of uh, learning something, though, is forcing yourself into um, those those little executions that you know that you could do it faster and something else, but to actually learn something, you have to force yourself through it. I remember way back... Um, trying to learn Final Cut Pro, having having worked in After Effects for so long and then um, knowing that I could do things really quickly, I, I was I was trying to push what Final Cut Pro, now I'm talking way back, and um, Motion yeah. could do when they were separate apps and um, Motion was actually a tool that was being used for the first time. And it was a real struggle because they were completely different mindsets and approaches and the way that they spoke about doing the work was so different 
but it is the fastest way to develop a new skill set, a new core. And I've heard that from so many people with Houdini that it's just a completely different way of thinking. And now um, Grayscale Gorilla on Plus have just released a new um, Houdini course, which I've, I've signed up for Plus to check it out and um, utilize it. And I've got some other things that I want to do first, such as finish the X particles. I keep that's in my back pocket for <laughs> never finishing. But the Houdini course there actually does look quite good in breaking it down to understand that language in a different way than I've seen from other online tutorials for Houdini. Have you um, yeah. sort of had a look at that at all? I, I did get suckered into um, GSG Plus. They they got me with that your insider discount runs out tomorrow email. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was feeling flush. Because it is quite expensive. I mean, it it's, is, I think yeah. it's worth it for what you get, but I haven't really delved into the tutorial side of things. Um, I've been watching Applied Houdini's tutorials cool. as well as N, NTAG, I think. No, I've got that one wrong. NTAG, but, um, the, the, Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Applied Houdini, I like his I like his accent. And I like the way he... Like, I find sometimes if you find a, a tutorial and their like, accent and the way they talk, the same with Division 9's tutorials as well, that just there's a, there's a rhythm to the way they talk which makes it easy to listen to them as well. Yeah. Um, that really helps you like sink in with what they're talking about. Um, but, so, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, Kerry Smith, who's Division... Um, Division 5, he... Um, Is it 5? Oops. Uh, <laughs> he was sorry. on um, episode 47 of the podcast and um, he's he's literally like he is in the tutorials. He's just such an amazing guy yeah. that you would want to just sit and chat with him for so long. And I think that that, you know, as a, a teacher, there's something really engaging and it keeps you motivated to keep going because there's that those little drops of his own personality and humor speckled through all of his tutorials. And he's just got a whole new, yeah. they're not really tutorials either. They're like comprehensive training sets. And uh, just yesterday, so that'll timestamp this episode for everyone because um, he just dropped his new training, which is the visual design lab. And you're a big component of all the different Slack groups. Did I see that you'd signed up for that one as well? Was that you? Yeah, I uh, I posted, uh, I did the first chapter last night. Uh, nice. And I posted my first pass at it into the Facebook group last night as well. It's, uh, I need to go back and redo it. I think I need to spend some more time on it. But uh, as a, being a parent and full-time freelance, it's hard yeah. to find all of that time. Uh, there's, I'm sure that there's some like childless happy people who will be able to put a lot of time to it. It looks really good so far. It's real back to basics. Um, awesome. It's because I never, I did, I didn't study graphic design at all at school. Yeah. Um, I studied, I did a, just a degree in animation. So I studied mostly hand drawn 2D animation throughout uni. Um, so I haven't really had a design background. I've just kind of been picking it up over the last many years. Yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of, it's nice to occasionally dip back into these things that will teach you some of the like processes of approaching design and style frame kind of development a bit better. Structuring of, yeah. it and making it a process rather than just haphazardly well, trying to find something that you think is cool. Yeah. Just even just how we press, like I've watched all this other stuff and bought the other courses he's done as well. And they've been massive in terms of helping me evaluate how I think about when I sit down to do yeah. concepts so I can't, I'm really looking forward to getting to the rest of that. It's awesome. And I studied computer graphic design um, for my degree in post-grad. But 
you know, I think everybody can um, take these opportunities to refresh and and what's amazing about going to different conferences is talking to people, um, hearing about the processes in their own workflows when they're presenting. Everybody comes at it from such a unique personal direction that it's it's hard to really mimic how someone else is doing it, but it's refreshing to um, think a little bit differently than what you're doing every day. Yeah, you don't you don't really want to be like I don't want to be designing like Carrie, but I want to be thinking about design the way Carrie does. Yeah. Awesome. So um, you're discussing before your background in animation. Where was that? Yes. Because, because uh, that was, Australia's uh, not home, is it? No, Australia's not home. I am uh, a filthy pom. <laughs> uh, I got lured over here by my beautiful wife. Um, that's how you do it. So, yeah, I went to university up in the north of England. Just It was the University of Lincoln, but the art department was based in Hull. Yeah. Um, and so I did my entire first year without a computer. I just, everything was hand drawn and photographed, uh, using one of the rostrums. Uh, I didn't get a computer until my second year. So, which is insane these days, but there we are. Yeah. Um, uh, it was good. It was good though. I remember we had one computer class in our first year and no, it was like, it wasn't good. <laughs> it was, it, <laughs> it was, was a pain in the ass. <laughs> No, I, I miss those days of actually doing life drawing and uh, design. I don't know. It's just, it's, I, 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 maybe I'm being nostalgic about it, <laughs> perhaps. I, I think there's a little bit of roast tinted glasses going on there. Like I am, um, yeah. The reason why I don't really do much character animation, in, I despise doing character animation in After Effects, is just because I hate in betweening. Yeah. Uh, I hated drawing all those frames. I just wanted to make the key poses and then have the computer deal with it, which is. Kind of why I gravitated towards After Effects for more design and motion graphics stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Just and moved away from that 2D. 3D uh, character animation is still fun. It's It feels a bit more fluid and a bit more natural to do, I think. Like, I respect everyone who does character animation in After Effects, but it, just fighting against a tool set that doesn't want you. Yeah. Everybody that I've talked to is very interested to see what, what happens with Cavalry, which has been um, highlighted as a After Effects um, competition. And I think yeah. we'll see what happens Sorry, there. I'm, <laughs> I'm very pessimistic about that. It looks very interesting from what I've seen. Um, but I think at the moment it is purely for 2D motion graphics. It doesn't seem to have a compositing component. Yeah. Uh, it feels very narrow focused and limited. I don't think, and I think that's the key problem that people have with After Effects is that it caters to so many different people. Yes. So you've got people doing 2D character rigs, you've got people doing visual effects like wire removal and visual effects compositing, and it's just so much stuff in one app that, of course, it doesn't perfectly address exactly your needs at any one time. Yeah, I, I, I really struggle for myself to think of using something else at the moment where um it's because uh, i feel like i'm sitting at a piano when i'm working in after effects because i use lots of hotkeys and i've got my wake on and i i don't have to think about what i'm doing and it allows me to talk with producers or creators or clients and i, I really like that like um if you've ever used a flame or a smoke or something like that you get into that same rhythm where the tools sort of mm. fade away. When you're learning something new, you really have to apply a lot of your um, focus onto exactly what you're doing. So it'll be, 
a while before I've, I'm comfortable using any other tool for that kind of work. And I, big ups yeah. to you again for using Fusion for compositing, which is a, such an amazing tool that's available for free. Yeah, I just I, I use it to combine passes and add a glow. It's not very high level yet, but um, yeah, I, I'm still old school. I still have my glows in post. Uh, I won't be having with these young kids running around with their post effects in uh, in render engines. <laughs> you can't control it in post. What if the client doesn't like it? I'm not re-rendering. Yeah, it's and mad. um, I <laughs> I bought a great great um plugin for that, which is um Deep Glow from um the plugin Everything Boys. It's a really good glow that one. Yeah, well, uh, I I still use Real Glow, which has been discontinued, so it's really hard to get anyone else to use it with me. Uh, it was the like the one before Deep Glow. I don't know who made it. Yeah, but they just kind of shut down production and turned off the AE scripts page. And I was like, but I liked it and I paid <laughs> for it, so I I don't know what if I can just give it to people now because they're not selling it. I don't know. Oh, probably safe <laughs> probably to not. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> You've been away from piracy. <laughs> so you started out your career in the UK. Um, yeah. How long? When did you move to Australia with your with your uh, wife? So it, because I wasn't yeah because I did university in Hull and I was from like an hour and a half outside London. Um, so I did a couple of like small internships, one with an animation studio, one with a production studio, just like as a runner and just kind of working for free, getting paid your train fare kind of thing. And then I landed a full-time job after about two years of that kind of thing in Brighton. That's uh, a pretty hard I, slog, my, man. Two years of uh, yeah, being a runner. Well, it was, yeah, well, I was working in a pub three, four days a right. week and then going off to London two, three days a week to do that. It was kind of... It wasn't easy. There wasn't many jobs. That, this is, so this, for context, is 2005 to 2006, seven-ish. Yeah. Um, so it's about 18 months, I guess, to find a job just because I wasn't in London and I didn't go, like an idiot, I didn't go to one of the London schools. Um, <clears throat> that's kind of, that was the center of media at the time in the UK mm. and probably still is. I don't know. Do you- uh, so I was in Brighton for the best part of two years, uh, Making, I don't know if you remember the times before the iPhone, but you, we used to make like little gifts for people's like Nokia's and yeah. Sony Ericsson phones. Yeah. We used to make little animated gifts for that, and we made like webisodes, like early kind of web content before there was YouTube. So we kind of were a bit too early with that one. Uh, and then I came over, yeah, to Australia in 2008, just as the GFC happened. So that was timing. Nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, 11 years, it must now feel very much like home. And now you have a family of your own in Australia as well? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a citizen, uh, completely naturalized. Uh, I have a weird, broken accent now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my little one who's seven next, uh, on Monday. So, yeah, oh. properly Australian now. This is home. Uh, you can't make me go back. Nice. I don't want to. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, looping back to where we started, we met at Node, and um, have you been to every one since? Like, there's been four now. Did you go to the first yeah, one? As don't well? make me sound like a groupie. But yes, <laughs> I have. I don't think it's much of the groupie as it's like the community just strengthens every year from it. And I've been three times. I I missed the first one, kicking myself for it. But I'm just impressed with um, 
how engaged everybody is year upon year and the level of the presentations. And this year you were presenting as a presenter rather than an attendee that you had been previously. Yep, that happened. <laughs> how was it like um, an, as an experience of being an attendee, like then being asked to present, what was that experience and how did that play out? Well, I mean, obviously, your first initial reaction is like Jimmy's run out of people who say yes to him, so he's scraping the barrel. Um, and then it was interesting. I think uh, I probably wouldn't have been able to give the talk I did if I didn't already know a few. I didn't know I had friends in that room. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it felt like if I'm gonna do a talk somewhere, I might as well do it in a room where I kind of know some people and I know the audience relatively well. So it gave me a bit more confidence to get up there and talk, I guess. I think that's the flip side. I also knew that if I was shit, I would be getting shit afterwards. Um, There'd be no like sugarcoating it at the end of the day. Yeah. So um, this year there are a number of speakers and um, Jess spoke. Um, she was on the podcast not too long ago. That's Jess Herrera, Herrera Saurus herself. Um, and you spoke. Now, pre- the presentations I've seen over the years, I think that the range of presentations this year are awesome, really diverse, covered a lot of topics, a lot of work, process, um, there was um, a real pullback from tutorial-based stuff, which I actually really appreciated because I think that content comes across online a lot better and the presentations in an event like that, a conference, um, you want to hear the stories and the work that you're not going to see online in a video. But I have to say that yours, your presentation for me was the most standout. It was really honest. It was really personal. It um, touched so many people that I've never seen a presentation have that effect on people. And I was chatting to a lot of different people afterwards. And I'm sure that you got a, you've had a lot of feedback from that as well. Um, the topic was really personal. It was about your... Well, I don't want to put the words out there, so I'd like <laughs> you to talk about what the presentation was and yeah. then um, no the reaction to that. Okay, let's just, um, there's also, we had Ben talking as well. We'll start at the start of your, what you just covered. So Ben was on the podcast recently as well, wasn't he? Which Ben? Uh, oh, Ben Marriott. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, because his was great. Uh, I really liked all of the talks. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed Nick's more kind of art-based look at things, and I desperately want to get involved with making weird, grungy 3D renders <laughs> for him. So cool. that was good. And Ben was just charming. Uh, I was incredibly excited for Nydia's talk but I don't remember most of it because I'd just come off stage yeah <laughs> but she was fantastic uh, was and really state good. design was yeah Marcel from state design was really interesting as well and yeah Jess was great Jess was Jess and the boys from always like and everything um you know so cool to see <clears throat> um a, a group of people creating tools for the industry as well yeah they're annoyingly young <laughs> they won't mind me saying that uh they're like 21. It's disgusting. Let's yeah. just stop. They, they should be busy being drunk somewhere, not doing well. Um, so, yeah, no. And then, yeah, obviously, I got up and talked as well. Um, and part of that pullback from the tutorial was very much led by Jimmy in yeah. terms of feedback he got from last year. He was quite clear about what he wanted from speakers. And he does do a – he did a bit this year to kind of, like, help coach people. And he was 
active in getting like outlines from us in advance so he kind of knew what was taking shape as well cool. so he deserves a bit of credit for that that's a lot of work Only a little bit on top of org- yeah. organizing the whole event as well with his wife kim and james has been on uh yes captain um james cohen's been on the podcast a lot in the past um so yeah watch out his head's gonna get too big so let's just settle down i don't know um. he's, he's pretty real <laughs> as a person i think it's pretty hard to uh to inflate his no. ego <laughs> um yeah so then i so with that kind of that feedback in mind and having been there last year as well and also because i have been to a few of like the mobile motion meetups i've got kind of an idea of what people might have been expected from me yeah so i kind of i led with talking about x particles a little bit and just some workflow stuff not like i didn't have the ui open at any stage i was very keen never to like get into cinema but i just had some like looping gifts to explain some concepts and um, Cam did the same thing as well. Sorry, I forgot Cam talked. Sorry, Cam. Um, where he just kind of had like didn't took the UI away from the example and just showed the bare bones, yeah. so you can get you could talk more about the concept rather than the actual buttons you have to press to get there. Yep. Which I thought was great. And so I knew by like talking to what people expected me to talk about would allow me to then take a hard left halfway through the presentation and start talking about depression. Um, <clears throat> which was just, yeah, like something I'd been experiencing over the last year. And it was like, not all of it. I'm going to put the industry's door because there's a little personal stuff going on there as well. And just how I am and my brain chemistry. But there's also parts of it where I just, I know I'd had to make a bunch of changes in the last six months to help. And I wanted to just share that experience with people so that ideally it never gets as bad as it did for me, for anyone else. If I can help like three people in that audience, then that was kind of the goal there. Yeah. Did you did you want me to expand on anything in particular? Or? I think um, the the way that you tied it back into um, being really relevant for the audience as well is that you created a personal project that represented. Um, it's called Scenes from a Brain, and then the the tagline under it is an attempt to visualize how my depression feels. Uh, the fact that there was a piece of work that we could visually take in and then um, hearing hearing your presentation and when the presentations go online I'll definitely um, point to those in the future but the way that you talk through your depression and anxiety over even like what to say in that tagline was really revealing as to um, yeah just how intense this was for you and personal it was for you yeah i am um, i tend not to i tend to overshare anyway with people i like and know um i don't have a great filter on my mouth so sometimes it gets away from me and i'll just say things and then they're out there in public and i have to live with that so that's fun but uh <clears throat> yeah and it, it all looks very well staged like have depression make a short film have the short film do relatively well not like crazy youtube numbers but incredibly well for me in terms of views and then have a nice talk at the end of the year it's all very like stage managed almost yeah. <laughs> it looks perfect but it, not, nothing it was just i think um jimmy started talking to me about doing a talk and i pitched a couple of different ideas um yeah. and the key part of that one was that came from the idea of separating my creative self from my work um and being able to enjoy being creative without it feeling like work again i think that was a core part of 
how I started to heal again, which meant like picking up photography. And I could have done a whole half an hour on why every 3D artist should know how to use a camera, but I probably would have sent people to sleep. Um, <laughs> and yeah, being able to separate, like, so being able to create again and it not have those kind of the work pressures behind it, that was a really important like part of what we work through together with my therapist as well. So being able to share that kind of felt important, I think. That yeah, it's a bit scared. The response has been uh overwhelming. The whole weekend was a bit intense, if I'm honest. Uh I had a quite a lot of conversations with people at the after party, um, that weren't just your typical light and fluffy have you been this year kind of thing. There's a lot of people sharing their stories and their experiences yeah. as well. Um, and I got messages throughout the weekend from a few different people too, just wanting to have a chat and talk some stuff through. So that was, I'm really glad it hit home. Well, I, I, perfect world. It wouldn't have touched anyone and everyone would be like, what are you talking about? We're all happy, yeah. but here we are. And so like having to people emotionally respond was quite gratifying. Uh, and, but yeah, it took like, I felt kind of wrung out emotionally the week after yeah. i think i've only really started feeling myself again this week to be honest with you it was also like the whole lead up was stressful knowing what i was about to do was stressful so oh, yeah. well, thank you for doing it i, I could, can't even imagine how taxing it was going through planning the presentation and then yeah that build up to it and doing it and you presented really well and but also yeah that that drain Thank you for doing it because I do think it actually what I've seen here is signaling conversations about things that really relate to us as people being really important, not just look at the best work I've done and how unattainable it is. Sometimes if, as somebody who works in the industry yeah. day to day, you see, you're bombarded by all this amazing work and you spoke to this as well. They're actually... Um, it's not realistic and it's kind of, um, it's, it's not being very caring towards ourselves to always aspire to be doing that when you're losing the actual fun and enjoyment of the fact that we get to create. That's our, that's our job. That's amazing in itself. Yeah. Uh, I think also with when other people share their sh projects, uh, did you see Sava's short film he shared on yes. the notes like yesterday? Yeah, so I really like that he put up front that he's been working on that for a year because yeah. there's so much work in that. But you look at it and you think, well, especially around that daily culture that was around more strongly a couple of years ago where everyone was like, you've got to pump out great work really quickly. And for, to see someone who's taken a whole year to marinate and put this film together slowly and it, yeah. it shows in the final product as well. It's more thoughtful, it's slower, it's a bit more mature in it, kind of how it cuts and yeah. how it depicts the world. Uh, and just, I think, yeah, by people being honest about how much work it takes to make something in your own time, not just say, yeah, I've got a personal project going. And you're like, yeah, great. You you, you did this personal project, what, in a weekend or like yeah. over three years? And yeah. most people are like, well, no, it took three years uh, and a lot of late nights. And I kind of wish I hadn't done it that way. And a lot of sacrifice. I think it's actually understanding that um, you, you do have to sacrifice something. So maybe, yeah. maybe you're not prepared to and that's okay if you want that balance of what's important to you it's yeah or don't you feel can't about it. as well yeah or, or or you can't as well because you've got kids as well don't you yeah yeah um think, three yep. quite a big range of ages yeah, yeah. well I've, I've just got the one and it's just i i don't have weekends during the day to do stuff for anyone else i'm cleaning yeah. the house or 
get in the shopping or playing with my kid like daytimes and I really just have evenings after like eight thirty nine, and then the weekend evenings yeah. and you've got to divide that time between like being a half decent husband seeing yeah. friends recharging as well as like working on personal projects it's, and being kind to yourself I'm not gonna yeah yeah and you can't stay up till two in the morning if you're going to be fresh and decent for whoever's booked you the day after as well yeah like it's just not fair on them yeah i'm um yeah family is a huge commitment and um i'm not looking forward to tomorrow morning which is thursdays where the middle kid does rowing and that's a five o'clock get up <laughs> so, but in a way oh. I'm like, <laughs> i know i'm so not a morning person but of like, oh, you get some good sunset shots, like sunrise. Sorry, yeah. the other one, sunrise shots. <laughs> yeah, uh, true that. I yeah. should I should go for a walk and that. But what I've done is I've actually used that time afterwards. I'm like, because I'm not going back to sleep, so I've got an hour or two to like do something for myself and try and make the most yeah. of that time. Yeah, and I think the key message for anyone who doesn't have children listening to this is do all your personal projects now because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're not gonna feel like it. As I touched on again. And my talk is those first couple of years after you've had a new baby, especially the first one, I don't know what the second one's like because we're not doing that. But um, it's just really draining. You're just exhausted the whole time and you, you're struggling just to keep your head above water with just like getting the washing done. And the idea that you'll like learn new software in that time or start a pers- like a substantial yeah. personal project in those first couple of years of having a kid. Some people can do it. Uh, they're crazy. I don't know how they do it. But if yeah, I just found like, having to like engaging as a dad and keeping the house running was enough work on its own. So yeah, if you don't have kids, get your short films done now. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I remember doing a couple of collaborative projects and it seemed like a lot of music videos back in the day, but I, yeah, that was the one. Yeah. But doing it as a co- collaboration is always really, I found way more rewarding as well. If you can have somebody else sort of pushing you along with the, the level of and direction of what's happening. Yeah. Uh, much harder to or- orchestrate those collaborative projects though. Yeah. I've worked with, um, substance with Scott Grierson a yeah. couple of times on a few of his madcap schemes. Uh, and they're always a lot of fun. He kind of just, dolls out the shots and stuff but i think for my own personal stuff i do struggle to outsource i guess to other people uh i probably need to start getting better at that because there's no not enough time in the world no no i've got got to learn how to let go of some stuff and let people have a play but part of me is just like because i spend my entire professional life collaborating and having to take notes from creative directors and clients and art directors and like you have to play nice and work with everyone and it does make that work better. I do see that, <laughs> but there's, there's part of the childish part of me who just wants to make a thing that I made. And yeah. It's just the way I wanted to make it. I don't want to have to compromise sometimes. Yeah. There was a, I, I'm failing to remember who said this. It was a presentation and it was um, about, um, just finding somebody else that you can give a design to for them to animate and swapping i thought that was an interesting way that was ben yeah it was ben Ben marriott Marriott. yeah ben's episode wasn't that long ago so go and have a listen to that and just he's still pumping out his youtube channel and i actually um i've been building an augmented reality um filter 
And so I started with his uh, tutorials on that that he's got out before I had to, I'm diving a bit deeper. But yeah, Ben's tutorials, again, are an amazing source of wide scope of information. He didn't even take a break over, no, did he? He just there was one out like the day after or something. Yeah, he's a slave slave to that algorithm now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My apologies to everybody. I'm not as dedicated as Ben. I've just finished up a massive few projects. <laughs> so the last couple of months, after me saying it was going to be regular, have been a bit slow. But the good thing is, after Node, I've got the next six episodes lined up. Interesting, talking about Savo's work yesterday in the Slack group, I commented on it straight away and going to hook him up on a future podcast to talk about that work because it is really impressive to dedicate yourself to one personal project and slave away for that amount of time. By him sharing it was over a year, just to repeat that, is I, that makes him feel more attainable to me. Yeah. Is that you, you knuckle down and you do something for a year. That's like, I can do that. Yeah. That's fine. It's if he said he'd done it last month, I'd be like, well, what? <laughs> the showreel that you did and presented, that's on your site. That was what you presented at Node, yes. and that's a whole new reel, yeah, isn't that was, it? that was fresh. For, you can't get up on stage with an old showreel. you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing I did was recut. I was only going to swap a few shots out and end up recut, replacing 80% of my old reel, yep. which was quite a nice feeling. Um, and then, of course, you have to reanimate an intro and outro because... That's the fun bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was a that was brand new, fresh. That was the first time it went public at Node. I love the um, intro actually. Uh, Cinema 4D, and then what else are you using to kind of get that execution? Well, so I only had a short amount of time to get. I had to like narrow down my options. So all I did was I made a an animated fractal noise in yeah. After Effects, and that is the same animated fractal noise is powering all of the animation in all of those little different jump cuts. There's about, I did end up doing about seven or eight different setups yep. and using a few of them. And so plugging, so taking that animated gradient and then using it for a displacement map and then using it to power different like ramps and stuff for texturing, uh, grabbing like the wood texture of substance and then mixing it with a gold texture with some ramps. And basically the way I approach most like third-party renderers is just i love ramp nodes yeah just it makes sense to me just messing around changing the knots and stuff and so just <clears throat> that kind of led into so while they all feel quite disparate kind of styles and one of them a couple of them used houdini a couple of them use cinema like all composites in fusion uh, but by having that singular base coming from like that source file that worked through each of them it kind of it, in my head it tied the whole thing together I guess. Yeah, no, it totally does. Having that texture feeding through, it reminds me of that procedural kind of approach that Houdini's very good at, is like um, finding something that's feeding into lots of different options and variables. Yeah. I really love the bit where you've got the um, circuit board with the wood building up. Oh, yeah, that was that was with uh, Deloitte Digital. Um, I think Rob, Jake, and Dylan were all at Node as well. You might have ran into them. They're kind of like the, a creative agency inside Deloitte in Melbourne. Yeah. So that was uh, part of some, I think, some internal branding, business to business stuff. But yeah, the the idea was having materials behaving in unexpected ways. That whole sequence of like having marble with, which behave like water at different points, and having the glass kind of gloop, that kind of thing. It was a it was a fun project to work on conceptually. It was a lot of um, and that's actually. 
with the marble stuff, the veins in the marble animate, and that's where I first started really playing with animated textures into Redshift. So going from After Effects to Redshift, back into After Effects compositing, it's not the fastest workflow ever, but you get a level of control over the fractal noises I wasn't quite getting inside Redshift. I'm also really digging your X-Particles work, which you've done a lot of over the past few years as well, and you're part of the X-Particles challenge that Andy Needham is um, putting on each year, and that's still got, yep. I think, just less than a month for the 2019. It's not in your reel, your 2018 execution. No, I tried to... I think the only personal work in this reel is Scenes from a Brain. Yeah. Um, the reel before had a few more of those ex-particle experiments in it, but I felt like I had enough like professional work in my reel that was up to the stat, like that just had enough ex-particles in it that I didn't need to pepper in personal stuff. I err on the side of your reel should really be mostly paid client work, stuff that if you've managed to get past a client as a more accurate, like I guess accurate display of like where your skills are under those constraints. But yeah, I do love me some X-Particles. Just if I can get them in, I will. And that's been the driver going towards Houdini as well, was I've just really been learning the pop networks. So the particle, just focusing on one section of that massive piece of software yeah. and just getting to grips with how the particle networks work felt like a more sensible way in this time. Awesome. I totally agree with you that the work that you're showing should show your professional life. I think that there's also the other way of doing it where you want to be working professionally in an aesthetic style and execution, a yeah. look and feel. So you tend to like then have a reel and put that work on your website until you start getting those jobs. And what's really cool is I can see that the professional work that you're doing is the work that you're wanting to do as well. You're getting some really cool pieces out of it. Yeah, so like the reel I cut just before I came back freelancing, oh, about 18 months ago, does have some of my X-Particle Instagram things on it just because I, I realized I, I didn't quite have as much client work with the Particle stuff in it or the look I was going for. And that's still me doing that kind of thing, what, 10, 12 years into my career? So it doesn't, that that kind of attitude is like you can throw in just some small stuff, but always make sure like say at least 8% of your reel is paid work. Awesome. I think it's probably a good guideline. And now it's time for the Pro Video Packs. It's a time in the show where the audience gets to be inspired by what inspires you. And what would be your Pro Video Pick? My Pro Video Pick is getting away from the box. So mine personally would be getting away from the box and doing photography and just practicing mindfulness, I guess, which isn't just for dirty hippies. It's for everyone. <laughs> um, it, it, but... Yeah, just going out over the last kind of six months or so and going on like photography wonders and just having my camera on me constantly and just doing something creative that isn't sat in front of a screen is uh, highly rewarding. Definitely. And uh, you talk about that in your note presentation and that will be out um, before the end of the year. So we'll I'll try and add a link into that and update that once it's released as well. For everybody That's right. I will be sharing that hard and wide as soon as it's live jimmy has promised me before christmas but then he ran off on holiday so i don't know well deserved holiday after note <laughs> absolutely <laughs> okay following who are you following online uh well, we've already talked about carrie smith um yep. i follow panimation the um the kind of inclusive instagram account for animators where they have different like 
uh, female identifying or non-binary yep. artists kind of do a takeover each week and you get some really interesting different like points of view from what I'm used to. Uh, really like Fiona Lark is a photographer out of the UK and she just, she lives in the, I think in the north somewhere with lots of large mountains and she takes these beautiful like black and white self-portraits. They're re really moody and atmospheric. Um, and then there's, the, there's an artist called Amy Genser, which is Amy Genser Studio on Instagram, and she creates these huge kind of pieces of art. They're like paintings, but she curls up little bits of paper and pops them all, like all in vertically, and she creates these beautifully textured kind of like landscape-feeling things. So that's kind of not – like I follow a bunch of your traditional uh, motion design stuff as well, but these kind of – kind of Amy's work and Fiona's work kind of reminds me that there's a broader kind of creative spectrum that I can be pulling, stealing from, I guess, yeah. for my work. It's such a common topic. Um, you know, don't look to your own industry for inspiration. Otherwise, you just end up regurgitating the same old. Yep. It's it's looking at the creative disciplines in the wider area as being an influence and how, how you take steal borrow but create something new and fresh using that inspiration yeah just be a complete magpie yeah just and following whatever interests you yep awesome um inspirational video what would be your inspirational videos to share i'm gonna get this wrong it's german frederick stad animation festival it was this um i'm guessing there's gonna be links in the show notes yeah uh it's uh yeah, it's a trailer for an animation festival, and it's got this really kind of old school, like heavy black line cartoony aesthetic to it. That um, I just I saw it in amongst seeing lots of like shiny, smooth, clean three D work, which is closer to what I make, and I really I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's kind of got this traditional animation feel, which is kind of fun. So my second pick would be Masana Boo. Hiruka, and I butchered that. I'm so sorry, but it's a beautiful Japanese animator artist uh, on Vimeo. Just I couldn't pick one thing. This really nice textural kind of 2D flowing. Again, 2D flowing kind of, but this one has no hard lines. Quite different aesthetics to the last one. So definitely check their work out as well. It's really inspiring. Awesome, definitely. Well, thanks for that. And following you, where would everybody be able to follow you online? Uh, best places, apart from my website, uh, would be Instagram, uh, at Jason Poli. I'm really covert and subtle about I can't think of a good name for myself, so I just went with what I was given. Um, and that it will be a lot of crap photography and occasionally some motion design stuff. Uh, nice. I'm not even sorry. No, don't be sorry at all. <laughs> I've got pretty similar stuff on mine. I haven't been doing much of it lately, but keen to get back out. And yeah, definitely what you're saying about photography. I've been passionate about photography for so long and have access to a, a new camera with decent lenses. So it's nice to, <laughs> to like, oh man. What'd you it, get? Uh, it's the 5D Mark IV, but it's the, it's all about Ooh. the glass. It's, um, you know, it the is. 24 to 70 L series, beautiful lens, beautiful go-to yeah, lens. Ah, you're sticking old school with the DSLRs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, Again, it's removing the tools. I know what to do with them, but um, we yep. already had lenses. So there's a uh, uh, yeah. 50 mil um, 1.2, 
And, um, you know, when you've got good glass, that kind of dictates more than anything else. Uh, yeah, that 50mm 1.2 is not a cheap piece of glass either. No, no. <laughs> the thing is, it lasts for years. No. It's, it's not a new lens, but no. uh, they hold their value. Yeah, no. I, uh, I, I jumped from Canon to Fuji oh, at nice. the end of last year. Uh, downsized, and the glass is, I prefer it. Yeah, yeah. I really love it so much. Yeah, anyway. One, Anyway, we I could talk about photography forever, <laughs> yeah. but that's not it. So, um, <laughs> but um, you're also very heavily involved in the Slack groups as well for Node, and you're in the Pro Video yes. Podcast Slack group. So everybody can jump into the Pro Video. We'll have a link on the show notes, and um, but also, also, yeah, also so on that, I'm I'm starting to help resuscitate the Melbourne Motion uh, Facebook group as. Nice, because Simon Bronson was running that for a couple of years, uh, but the kind of the meetups have dropped off. She's yep. just personal life kind of getting in the way, so I'm going to be helping Simon start hopefully getting those meetups in Melbourne running again. Awesome over the in 2020. So watch that space. Cool. Well, we have a link to that um, Facebook group as well, and um, yeah. We'll have links to everything we've been talking about on the show. But if you could join the Slack group, that'd be really appreciated. If you could even, um, you know, if you've enjoyed this talk, please, why don't you rate and review it on iTunes? It helps others find the show as well. That one little thing, if you can just take the time to do that right now, that would mean a lot to me. So please, go on, rate it, review it. You can write whatever you want. Five stars always helps. But anyway... Okay, that's a little sales pitch. Um, you can follow um, us online at um, provideopodcast.com is the website. We've also got Facebook group. We'll have links to that. But Slack is probably the easiest way to have conversations like minute to minute. There's a lot kind of happening. And if you're in New Zealand, we're running a number of events coming up as well before the end of the year, bit of a catch up. And we're trying something new, Jason, and you would have seen this in the Pro Video Podcast. Um, my wife and I are organizing a New Zealand event, which is a bit more casual than all the other conferences. And um, Ben Buchanan came up with a name and it's called Motion. It's um, Ocean the Sea, like the sea, but with an M, so it's Motion. And it's basically... Um, a number of batches, we call them batches in New Zealand, think of them as uh, holiday homes by the ocean, and we're going to have a number of people come along for a weekend, disconnect from the internet, there is no Wi-Fi, there is no cell reception, you literally cut off, and we're just going to hang out, have barbies, play cricket on the beach, and just get back to basics, really. So looking forward to that next year. Cool, that sounds like a real Lord of the Flies situation, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully um, everyone brings <laughs> brings some food and drink and doesn't get too chaotic, but yeah, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's awesome. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Really cool to have that's you. That's right. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. It's um, the time flies. It's um, amazing that an hour's ticked by already. And um, Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, um, thank you again, Jason, for an amazing presentation. And everybody, it will be online. We'll have a link in the show notes as soon as we can. But, like, um, go join the Node group, and then you'll know when the um, presentations are coming out. And we'll post them on the Slack as well. So look out for those. There's an num awesome number of presentations that are exceptional. So check those out. Until then, have a great week, and talk next time. All right, bye. Bye.